Sports Bet Sportsbook pregame show. From now until kickoff, Fred Hubner and Brian Hanley talking Bears football. Listen live on ESPN 1000 and the new ESPN Chicago app. Presented by Points Bet Sportsbook. Also brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka, Marquee Sports Network, and CBDMD. Are you ready? Um, yeah. Welcome to the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. On Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. You know, a lot of people like these uh, 325 starts. I'm not one of them. <laughs> kinda like right the, out of the box. Yeah, kind of like the noon kickoffs. <laughs> So you can watch that game and other games and things like that. And uh, But, hey, we're here for the next two uh, two hours and 15 minutes getting you ready for the Bears. And um, if you're if people are watching while you're listening to us, of course, do not turn us off. Um, but if you're watching the Green Bay game and Minnesota, oh. their, their weather and their wind conditions are similar to what we're have, going to have at Soldier Field today. 25-mile-an-hour uh, winds with 40-mile-an-hour gusts. And uh, so it could could be interesting for the kicking game at a Cairo Santos uh, later on today for the Chicago Bears. Brian, um, I, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. And, uh, boy, talking about that Green Bay-Minnesota game, rivalry game. Yep. Uh, I, I think the Packers consider the Vikings more of a rival than they do the Bears even. Uh, but, you know, I know a lot of people were in love with Green Bay today. But, you know, Minnesota's trading pieces. They've got people out with injury. You know, have they waved the white flag on the season? But you always got to stay away from games like that because uh, the Vikings, uh, the Packers get the Vikings' attention no matter who's out there. Yeah, and actually Vikings have looked okay. Dalvin Cook is yeah. back. He scored a touchdown, a nice touchdown run. So we'll keep you up to date with some of the scores as we go throughout the day. It's a busy day in football. Tua Tunga Vialola uh, also uh, has uh, his first <laughs> first drive. He fumbles after he gets a ball knife out of his hand and then, he got his bell rung big time, uh, but he has thrown his first touchdown pass, so we'll t- keep an eye on that, too. But last week, um, I haven't gotten your opinion, and I know it's been a while, but uh, the 24-10 loss to the Rams shocked me a little bit. It's a, it shocked me how bad the Bears looked on both offensively and defensively. Now, the offense, when they look bad offensively, it never surprises you. But not being right. able to slow down the Rams even a little bit, that surprised me quite a bit. No doubt, Fred. I mean, you, it, the offense was uh, sad yet again. That stretch in the third quarter when the defense just kind of, I mean, I don't know if they just said, we can't keep doing this. or I mean, and they rebounded in the fourth quarter and got some stops, so that yeah. was good to see. But you really are concerned that this defense is being taxed so much because the offense can't generate a damn thing, right? I mean, so you hope that you know, between some of these guys getting uh, nagging injuries, and we saw Khalil Mack out a little bit this week, and you know, you, you hope that they're not really getting physically and emotionally or mentally taxed to the point where they're not as dominant as we've gotten used to. Because until this Bears offense shows you otherwise, this defense is going to have to carry this team to whatever final outcome this season is going to be. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. That's the number. You can also get to Brian at on Twitter at Brian Hanley five thirty four. You can get to me 
uh, on Twitter, Fred underscore Huebner. And, uh, you know, hopefully they're not too taxed because despite the loss on a Monday night, you know, you got a short week here, but you're still five and two. And you do have Jacksonville, and you do have the Vikings, you do have some other games that are definitely winnable for this Bears team. And and the goal every year, you know, I know a lot of people say the goal is to win the Super Bowl. Eh, first step, you know, one step at a time. Get to the playoffs. And there's a chance they could possibly do that. They may not go anywhere once they get there. But the goal is always to win as many games so that you're one of the guys, one of the teams that's in the playoffs when they do get underway. And in this crazy year, who knows what's going to happen. But you mentioned injuries, and Khalil Mack has been dealing with ankles and everything else over the last couple of weeks. But the nice part, the good part is that uh, we had Allen Robinson basically in concussion protocol all week, and now we found out that he is out of that and or should be able to play today. Um, they need him because he is the one constant in that receiving game for the Chicago Bears. Now, I'm not sure if that's on him or if that's on Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky and Matt Nagy that it's always let's go to Allen Robinson. But usually if the ball's thrown his way, he makes the catch. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, you look at the Saints, they're four and two and they've won three straight, but they have some injuries, uh, you know, including wide receiver position. You've yep, got huge. Emmanuel Sanders out. You've yep. got, you know, and Michael Thomas has been ankle, discipline, hamstrings, uh, Callaway's out. Yep. Um, so they've dipped into their practice squad. So they're four and two, but the three wins that they have, consecutive wins, are against uh, eight and twelve teams, you know, combined record, and only by twelve points. So they haven't been dominating anybody. Drew Brees, you know, you always wonder about a team, an indoor team coming out to play in these elements. I remember, I think Tampa had a, or, or Tampa had that record at Soldier Field. Anytime they played under forty degree weather right. at Soldier Field, they just basically mailed it in. You know, but Drew Brees did play his uh, his college ball at Purdue, so you don't have to worry about that. And but this offense isn't maybe as good as you might believe it to be, but they do have the better quarterback on the field, and they unfortunately have the better coach on the sideline. They do, and for some weird reason, and I know he's been with a couple teams. He was with Minnesota for a while, but whenever Latavius Murray plays the Bears, he does mm. well, and he's the backup to Alvin Kamara. You'll see, we'll see plenty of both of them today, and the Bears defense may get a break in the secondary because of uh, Michael Thomas being out and Callaway also being out, but you still got Jerry Cook who can catch the ball. They've they've got um, um, what's his name, Traquan Smith, who can also yep. catch the ball. They have guys that can catch the ball. So the defense is going to again be tested. And they have not beaten the Saints. Um, they've lost the last five times they played the Saints. They've not so beat they're, them. They're due. Yeah, since 2011. <laughs> they've not won since 2011. So they've got to figure out ways to do it. They're at home. I don't know how much that means anymore other than not having to fly or not having to travel. Right. Maybe able to, you know, sleep in the hotel that's close to the, the stadium or whatever. But they're at home, and um, the wind will play a factor. We'll see how that goes. Um, they have made some other changes. Uh, we'll talk about those throughout the course of the game. Uh, I saw something this morning, I think it was, on Twitter, where someone posted every snap that Sam Mustafer took last week after I Cody saw, Whitehair. Yeah, I saw you respond to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The video, too. You know, the yeah. video was great because yeah. it seemed like he made every block and was also sliding off and helping out other blocks. Uh, you know, where's this guy been? Yeah, 26 snaps, um, undrafted, you know, and he, he steps in for Cody Whitehair and just thrown in there. And I thought account, you know, acquitted himself pretty well and, and going to need to. It looks like Corey, uh, Cody uh, Whitehair is going to be out for a while, maybe right. not the season, but no one's really talking about it, but it's a calf injury. 
Um, so we have the, uh, another injury on the offensive line that hasn't been doing its job for, I think we talked about it coming out of the Atlanta game. Yeah, we did. They didn't have a very good game. And, and then, you know, now everyone seems to be talking about it, including people asking Matt Nagy about it. And, you know, the conversation with Matt Nagy is, you know, again, is it personnel? Is it the play calling? Is it everything all the above? But um, it, it was a rough week for Matt Nagy. I mean, he, you saw the highs and lows, the lows and highs maybe yep. more accurately. Uh, he was down after the Rams game, as he should have been. Any Bears fan should have been. Then by Wednesday, he tried to give you the post-Carolina Matt Nagy, you know, with, that we're 5-2, and two, not 2-5, two and five, but no one's buying it. And you just this thing seems very fragile. And 5-5 five and five seems a very real possibility unless he gets the offense together. And he says he's going to figure it out, but as Mark Potash point, points out in the Sun-Times a couple times this week, you know, how much time does it take to get it figured out? Because he's the... He's the offensive mastermind here, right? And yep. again, we we give him credit for being a great head coach. The team doesn't quit on him. They hang in there. And the good news is for Bears fans, after losses like uh, Monday night, they tend to rebound and don't string. Now, last year they strung together, what, four losses. But for the most part, a poor effort's followed by a, a very good effort, if not a win. So he's got the head coaching part figured out, but it's now the offensive coordinating part of it. That still is a head scratcher. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I guess a couple of weeks ago, cap had mentioned that Olin Krutz had told him on one of the bears post games on, um, NBC Sports Chicago, mm-hmm. that they might want to move Mustafer in as the center and move over Cody Whitehair over to one of the guard positions where he had played before. Right, that's and, where they, yeah. Right, and nobody thought it was much of a deal. And, and you know, people say, well, Sam Mustafer, what, you know, what can he do? Nagy this week talked about Mustafer and how he expects him to play this week. The one thing I would say, you know, with a guy like Sam Mustafer is here's a guy that takes the game extremely seriously. Um, you know, he's he's been playing center for a long time um he's been he's a he's a natural born leader you can feel it super hard worker and are there times where where things could happen you know as in last week where you might get beep technique wise here or there yeah but it sure as heck isn't going to be because of effort and want and so you take that you combine that with his teammates on that line and you combine that with Juan Castillo and Donnie um you just do nothing but just keep plugging away and and so I, I thought that uh that Sam has had a really good week of practice, and now we'll see where it goes. Yeah, and it, you know, obviously he saw something we didn't see. I mean, because like I said, on all of those 26 snaps that we saw on the, on the Twitter clips, I didn't see one time where he got beat or pushed back or no. or knocked down or anything. It seemed like he he was doing pretty well. Uh, hopefully we'll keep an eye on him today as the Bears get ready to take on the Saints. A 325 first kick will be here all the way up till 315. And um, the Bears come in offensively, and, and I love looking at the Sun times all the time i've been doing it since i was in high school but i also love for their on their sunday when they put the team stats at the bottom of the page uh when they talk about what to watch for and you look at the bears they're 32nd in rushing now correct me if i'm wrong but there are 32 teams right so that would make them dead last in rushing the ball uh with 84.1 yards and i look over to the other side on the defense and the saints are fourth in the national football league allowing just 89.7 yards. Heck, that's fewer than the Bears rush for. Um, so the rushing game, it would be nice to see if Matt Nagy, in fact, stayed with it a little bit. I saw another number today. Let me see if I can find it on my scribble. Here it is. Matt Nagy has called a run on just 34.9% of the plays 
That's second lowest in the National Football League. You wonder why they're to Jacksonville. 34%, yes, yes. So you, you wonder why they're not a five and two team, Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. So you don't have to wonder long and hard why they're so you know bad. Um, their numbers are rushing the ball. They run the ball. You know, the lowest amount. Uh, of play calls anywhere. and Well, I mean, then look, Fred, we still don't know, you know, who do you have a, a number one running back? I right, mean, I, right. I, Montgomery, I suppose. But, but I mean, it, Patterson, I mean, is that ex- experiment run its course? I think, look, if the Patriots couldn't convert him to running back, I don't think the Bears are going to be the team to do it, okay? So he runs he runs too tall. I mean, he just it, – it's it's not his fault. I mean, that that's not what he was expected to do, but – He's not going to get the job done. I mean, these numbers are horrific. 43.8 yeah. yards rushing the last four games on average. Yeah. So you came out of the gate and had against, you know, poor teams. You did very well. Detroit, you run up and down the field. It looked great. But the last four games, it's trended in, the, in a real bad spot. So, and not that the passing game is much better when you've got 5.9 yards per pass, second worst in the NFL. And, and Nick Foles has got a 77.6 passer rating. So, Nothing's working on offense. I mean, that's sad to say when you're seven games into the season. I don't know how it gets better. I, and, and, you know, we have a Tuesday trade deadline. Right. And normally, you know, for years, forever, for decades, the NFL trade deadline was really nothing not anyone talked about. Not much. No one, no one got moved. But yeah. now players get moved. Yeah. And I know you can't go find a couple offensive linemen that, you know, teams are wanting to give away if they're worth anything. Um, I'm I, Jordan Howard was a healthy scratch today for the third consecutive game in Miami, right? They signed him for a two-year, $10 million contract in the spring. None of that's guaranteed in year two. I don't know if you could get him for next to nothing. I don't know if they'd be interested, but it would be a different face, but it would be an old face, and he can at least power run. I mean, if the offense is going to open up, the line's not going to open up any holes. Maybe he can open up some holes for himself. You know, Maybe you just wait until they cut him uh, because it, it seems like, Maybe after Tuesday they'll just they'll say goodbye to him um, because it hasn't worked out there. But they've only used him in short yardage and goal line situations. Sure. So, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out if you don't have guys on the roster now who are going to get the job done, is different better necessarily, or is it just different? Yeah, uh, I'm not quite sure why they signed Lamar Miller. He must e- either be really injured still, and they have him on the practice squad because otherwise. I would think you'd give him a chance. He has run the ball successfully in this league. And as I say that, Dalvin, not Dalvin Cook, one of the other running backs for the Vikings scores and uh, extra point. They'll tie that one up at 14 with the Packers right before half. When we come back, um, it's, it's a thing that the writers and the broadcasters have all asked Matt Nagy, not only this year, but in previous years when things weren't working. And we'll talk about that when we come back. It's Hanley and Hubner. You want to jump in? 312-332-3776 right here on ESPN 1000. Continuing Bears coverage. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN1000. Follow us on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. And we have more Bears right now. The Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN1000. Brian, remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking, we had a chance to talk with Devin Hester, and uh, Devin Hester is a spokesperson for the Points Bet Sportsbook. Um, 
and they had a uh, number out there. If anybody in the NFL returned to kick, uh, it was a pretty nice number. I think I wagered on it. Nothing happened that week. But uh, since the Bears were so bad at returning punts, and because they've actually changed their punt returner for this week, we'll get into that. Um, So the Dolphins are playing the Rams right now, and um, they've returned a punt for a touchdown against those those, uh, Los Angeles Rams. So, and their offense has accounted for two touchdowns yeah. against that same Rams defense that stymied the Bears. How's uh, it with, yeah. a, with a rookie quarterback, uh-huh. as you pointed out earlier? Yeah. How did that happen? I, I don't know. Maybe Matt Nagy can go back and look and see what happened and why they can only score 10 points. One of them was a def- you know, the t- only touchdown right. was a defensive touchdown. Right. Oh, my I, you know, Lord. It shouldn't be this difficult. It no. really shouldn't. It really and shouldn't. that's why the conversation was what it was this past week. You yeah. Know? Are, is the right guy calling the plays? Yeah, you can imagine. I mean, they brought Matt Nagy in here because he was supposed to be the offensive genius. And uh, among the questions posed to the Bears head coach this week, uh, has he given more thought to giving up the play calling? No, you know, like I was saying, this is something where we look into everything and and, uh, we feel very confident with the players we have, with the plays that we're calling. And and we we realize there's a lot more to it than just that. So, um, like, what I said the other day was real. You know, we always look at everything. We evaluate it all, but no. Okay, the only question is how could you look at the plays you call and what the result has been and still be confident? I mean, are they the only ones? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully if we all kind of, you know, take a look at ourselves, we like what we see. <laughs> and I, maybe you want more, a little more objective, uh, you know, eyes looking at the thing. I don't know where that would, you know, is Ryan Pace, how does Ryan Pace view any of this, right? Right. Uh, I'd like to know what his conversations with Matt Nagy have been of late. Um, and, and look, Bill Lazor's done it a couple stints as offensive coordinator, right? I'm not saying he's the greatest offensive mind in the world, but maybe maybe a change is what the Bears need. Now, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Maybe if they got to 500, someone would seriously consider it, even Matt Nagy. But, I mean, he's not, he's not relinquishing that anytime soon. He's just not. No, and uh, the questions didn't stop. And, I, you know, talk about uncomfortable as you're listening, and they had to be more uncomfortable for Matt Nagy, but he knew they were coming. So after he said, no, he hasn't thought about it, the question was, well, what would it take for you to give up the play calling? Yeah, I, I again, that's here, here's, here's what I would say, Cam, to that question, is to me that feels like a, you know, somewhat of a negative thought that I would have in my head. Like, when is things going to go so bad that I'm going to give up play calling? When are things going to go so bad that we're going to do this or do that? And I know that that's kind of where, where this world's at today. You know, there's a lot of negativity and people feed off of that. And uh, we love all that stuff right now. Negative, negative. That's just not where we're, we're at or where I'm at. Uh, We try to focus on the positives and, and we feel strong about that. I feel strong about it. And, and that's, uh, I try, you know, I understand the question, but I really try hard not to go there, you know. So it's uh, winning's important to us. Winning's important to this city. Winning's important to our, our organization. And that's what we want to focus on right now is winning more than anything. And it's amazing because he actually can fall back on that right now because despite the fact the offense isn't working well and his plays aren't working well, they still are five and two. And he can also, he can actually fall back on the fact that winning is the, object of the exercise and okay but fred i I, want to go back i think it was our first pregame show okay before the opener yeah i believe we were talking with uh mark potash okay maybe it was a saturday show um it was the same conversation but for the quarterback position it was a what if or or, or hypothetical 
when would the Bears make a move if Trubisky looked like Mitch Trubisky of the last couple of seasons and not new improved Mitch right. Trubisky? And I think Mark said that Matt Nagy basically said same thing, similar there. Well, that's a negative thought. And basically the, the Bears couldn't even allow themselves to entertain that scenario before they got into the season, like have, a, have an idea of when they would make that move. Because that would just be thinking negative thoughts and thinking things aren't going to succeed the way they had planned going yes. into the season, right? Right, I remember that, yeah. Okay, so the season starts, they have a winning record, and in the middle of a game that things aren't going very well, again, on a, it's not like they've lost two or three in a row, he made that move, right? Right. So he was quick, he was quick to make that move when it came to the most important position on the field. Why wouldn't you be have the same sense of urgency he didn't he didn't say well we're three and one or whatever you know four he said and we're winning he said we made a decision or he made a decision that he thought was best for the team so why why was it why is this different because it's him i mean you know you have to at some point you have to say okay you're five and two but your offense is last in every major offensive in the bottom Two, three of almost every offensive category. Certainly, you know, in the the bottom eight of every offensive category. So, tell me what's working. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. You're right, and it's not working. The one thing I thought was gonna be, was gonna be helpful was that he brought. I, I don't want to, maybe it's complete opposite. I thought because he was bringing guys in that he knew they would have enough. I'll say guts. They would have enough guts <laughs> to right. Uh, to tell him, Matt, that's that, that's not working. We've tried that. That's not going to work. Let's do something else. When they're putting together the game plan, I mean, because he knows Juan Castillo, the offensive line coach. He knows John uh, DiFilippo. He knows Bill Lazor. He's he's worked with these guys before. Sure. Okay, so you would think that somewhere along the line, if you had these guys, they would tell you, like if you were with your buddies, your pals, whoever. They'll bust on you. They'll say you're wrong. This they'll do that. I was hoping that by him getting bringing these guys in, that would happen. I, we haven't seen any of that, and it seems that he's as stubborn. And I think stubborn is the right word because we. Yeah. I was critical of him last year for his play calling. So he right seems like he's so. right. He seems like he's as stubborn as he was last year. Nothing has really changed, and that's the part. If you're as a Bears fan, that you're even more disappointed in because he still doesn't want to run the ball. He still calls the silly plays, even without Tariq Cohen. He'll talk, he'll call the silly, you know, little swing pass behind the line of scrimmage where and they're not going to get any yards. Uh, nothing has really changed with him uh, with the way he's calling the game. Well, it, it's not only regressing. As the season goes on, right? 11 points against the Colts, oh, 20 points against Tampa, 23 or oh, three against the Rams. But it's, as you, you know, alluded to, it's been regressing the last three seasons, yeah. right? It, yeah. It's not going the right direction. So, I mean, I don't know what you hang your hat on. And, and this whole flap with Brian Greasy saying what he said on Monday Night Football in the game that, you know, Nick Foles basically said, when the play comes in, I, I know it's not going to work because I don't have the time. And, you know, basically question whether Matt understands what what he's looking at because he's dialing up plays that sound really good or look good on paper but if your quarterback's under duress pretty much all the time he doesn't have the time to 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 get you know deliver that ball where it needs to be right so I mean it's not you know I think uh Potsy had a great line uh in one of his stories this week where he said you know Nagy's offense seems to basically confuse the bears more than it does the opposition (laughs) 
Well, and, and it seems true, too, because uh, I expected when Nick Foles came in, he would know the offense better. He would actually right. look more comfortable. Now, I understand the offensive line has been a problem. There's no doubts about it. As a matter of fact, earlier uh, this week, at, on Friday, uh, Mark Greco was in with Tom Waddle and Sylvie, and they were talking about the O-line. I mean, that O-line is a major, major issue. Yeah, Your best think? guys are out. Yeah. They stink. They stink. <laughs> and they stink. They stink. Yes. And so we know that. And I was looking at some of the uh, numbers uh, against the Rams. A Fetty with an opening drive hold. Uh, Rashad Coward, the fourth and one, the false start, where I still think Fulsk would have had the first down. People said, oh, it's a good thing because they wouldn't have got. I, I don't think. Uh, I'm with you the people. I'm with the people. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought I thought they were coming up short on that one. And then you were talking about Foles not getting time to step up because if he had time, oh, he would have hit Darnell Mooney on that long pass. It could have been a 95-yard touchdown. Well, he didn't. And, you know, um, you would think that Foles knows what's in front of him. He'd be able to make some things happen. Charles Leno, which is interesting to me. Hmm. I mean, the, only the numbers I'm going to give you here. Nothing else is interesting to me about him. But <laughs> the pro- only question with him is he's going to get cut at the end of the season. Yeah. Pro Football Focus classifies him as a disaster in the run and pass blocking. He's been flagged 15 times in 23 games. Um just brutal. And Bobby Massey, he's just sitting well, on the other another side. Another guy who's going to get cut at the end of the season. Yeah, but he's just sitting on the other side saying, let the criticism of those guys, don't look at me. Because yeah, he's I'm, not doing it much better either. I mean. No. Well, and, 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 you know, so not only do you have maybe, you know, not maybe, you don't have the, the players. So, you know, Ryan Pace has, has been investing and investing in the defense. And, you know, God bless him, got Khalil Mack. And, you know, here's uh, Robert Quinn's big money. And, you know, you went out and spent $20 million on Nick Foles. And, again, we talked about earlier in the season that Juan Castillo was the, the you know, the, the free agent signing that was going to change the offensive line. Um, consecutive timeouts, uh, timeouts on consecutive plays. Right. A delay game after a timeout. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's brutal when you see, again, going back to it seems to confuse the Bears. The offense does more than the opposition. Yeah, we uh, Nick Foles did talk uh, during the week about the whole conversation uh, on the Monday night broadcast. We'll hear from him talking about that. We'll also uh, take a look as the Bears do have somebody else. They decided that Ted Ginn, after uh, letting the ball bounce all the way to the one and the five and everything else, ah, we need another punt returner. So they went out and got one, uh, activated him off of their uh, practice squad. We'll talk about that. We come back. You want to jump in, talk some Bears and Saints as we gear up for a 325 kick. 312 332 Seven six, right here at ESPN One Thousand. Now the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show continues. ESPN One Thousand and the ESPN Chicago app. Green Bay Packers seem to have a hard time uh, stopping Dalvin Cook as uh, the Vikings are. Nearing the red zone um, that came tied at 14. Brian Hanley, Fred Huebner with you. Real quickly, a um, couple of games in the third quarter. Kansas City 21-9 over the Jets. And the Packers in Minnesota tied at 14. At the half, it's Indianapolis with a, win, a lead over Detroit 20-7. to That surprised me and my wagers. Um, Uh-oh. Las Vegas. I, I, I gave my buddy uh, who's in that uh, survivor pool. Yeah. Uh, I told him, you know, the Colts. Or Philly this week, you know, because he didn't want to burn any of the uh, five win teams or whatever. Yeah. 
and uh, he took Philly. So I'm watching that Colts score. I'm thinking, oh. Yeah, it just keeps going up. Yeah. Also at the half, it's uh, Las Vegas 6-3 over Cleveland. Uh, second quarter, oh, uh, Buffalo, a 7-6 lead over New England. Second quarter, Cincinnati, a 17-7 lead over Tennessee. That's who the Bears play next week, Tennessee. Also in the second, Miami running it up on the Rams. 28 to 7 after the Bears couldn't do anything offensively wow. against them. And Baltimore with a uh, 14 7 lead over Pittsburgh in that one. So uh, we'll keep you up to date with some of those throughout the course of the show. We'll talk with Jeff Dickerson. Uh, he will join us at um, 2 o'clock. And uh, we'll also talk to Mike Triplett. Mike is uh, works with ESPN uh, NFL Nation. He follows the New Orleans Saints. We'll talk to him about 2.30. Yurko's keys to a Bears victory. We'll get to our bold predictions and all that stuff. But last segment, we talked a little bit about some of the stuff that came out Monday night. And for those who missed it, I can't believe if you're a Bears fan, you did miss it. But uh, here's here's what was said on the broadcast on ESPN last week. We were talking to Nick Foles yesterday, and he said, you know, sometimes play calls come in, and I know that I don't have time to execute that play call. And, you know, I'm the one out here getting hit. Sometimes the, the guy calling the plays, Matt Nagy, he doesn't know how much time there is back here. And so that's something that they have to get worked out. Now, you knew that Nick Foles was going to be asked about it. He was talked about it, asked about it after the game and uh, also a little bit later on during the week and was asked if he was upset by these. Anytime that you're, you use words, uh, so most importantly, production meetings are to help the broadcasters do their job and help them out um, by having conversations because just like y'all write about us, like y'all are putting food on your family's table, and I respect that. That's why I'm always going to treat y'all with respect. Um, it's the same thing in those meetings. You have these conversations out of respect to help them do their job. And when you have these conversations and things can be twisted just a little bit to, you know, and said at the wrong time, and then it creates something where now we're still talking about it. That's never great. Um, never good, but you know what? People do make mistakes and, you know, uh, there's forgiveness and all that. So, Obviously, life goes on. Everything is good. We had really great conversations. It's unfortunate it happened, um, but it did. It's really, I think, the first time I've ever had to deal with something like this. And But, you know, people make mistakes and things happen, and we move on, and there's grace. So he was uh, basically, by listening to what he said, he was basically being honest with Brian Greasy, letting him give, give it as some insight, but probably never said, don't use that. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he wants us to believe uh, that, that Brian Greasy didn't, didn't comprehend what he was saying and that he was confused and and you know he said uh, you know when you heard him there talk about you know it's you're trying to help him out but things can be twisted just a little bit i haven't heard brian greasy come back and say that you know he misunderstood or like he said maybe it was off the record he's talking to a former quarterback thought he was you know basically maybe even venting a little bit thought you know you know try you know just kind of airing it out a little bit with the guy who would who's been there and been in that position. But, I mean, I believe he said it, and I believe Brian Greasy understood what he said, and it's what we're watching, too, by the way. It is. So, so I don't – I mean, and he talked about it being a marriage, and, you know, immediately after that press conference, and Nagy had been asked about it prior to Nick going on the Zoom call, and, and they had, you know, they had to sit down or they on the plane or whatever. They talked about it and cleared the air a little bit. But, yeah, no coach wants to be – to hear that, that his quarterback is saying that no. or thinking that. But I assume that Nick has told Matt Nagy that before he told Brian Greasy that. You would hope. Yeah, you would hope that he told him because, um, 
you know, you let them know, hey, listen, you're calling these places. I don't have time. We got right. we got to get something else that's going to work. So I'm not flat on my back. Speaking of being flat on the back, some of the people talk about it because of the old line. And let's go on out to North Lake and Dennis. Hey, Dennis, what's going on? Yeah, how you doing? Is Fred Fred Huebner? How you doing? I'm doing well, Dennis. What's happening? Great. I just want to know on the offensive line because the cameras just show things so quick. You know, what I mean, we can't really focus in now the offensive line as a whole. Uh, the names and specifically the names I wonder that are really not doing the job. Can can coaches really talk to reporters after a game and? Name specific names of players who are doing the job based on the film they watch and so forth. Well, you know what? After the game, Dennis, I appreciate the call. Thanks. Uh, after the game, you'll always hear coaches. It's a great, it's a great out, isn't it, uh, Brian? For coaches, well, I've got to go back and watch the film, right? And right, they exactly. all they all watch the the all twenty two where they're able to see everything a lot better than we can. But now fans can pay and get the all twenty two and actually see that on the game pass. Yeah, everything's available to anybody. Uh, and and look, Matt Nagy gets frustrated. He doesn't like to call guys out by name. No, he doesn't. Most coaches don't. Right. I mean, they're they're quick to to call guys out by name when they do well, um, and, and rightfully so. But um, you know, it's there for everyone to see. The offensive line's just not getting the job done. And, and Nick Foles, so you don't have protection. And Nick Foles being the best Nick Foles possible. In his history, whether it was on the way to the Super Bowl, winning a Super Bowl, he had to have a run game, right? I mean, his best yeah. seasons, his Pro Bowl season, you know, those teams ran the ball more than effectively. I mean, they were among the tops in the NFL, you know, five, six yards per carry or whatever. And um, he needs that. And he, so he doesn't have protection and he doesn't have a run game. So there goes play action. And he's a guy who stands in the pocket because he's that, that mobile. So... You know, you're missing a few elements here to make him the most successful quarterback he can be, which gives you a 77.6 passer rating, 10, 10 points worse than Trubisky had when he got pulled. Yes, exactly. I know. That was amazing. That's another note I had here. Uh, 312-332-3776, you want to jump on in. And now, Monday through Friday from 2 to 6, we get Waddle and Sylvie. And I mentioned this yesterday when I was here with Mark Zander. But Sylvie is very, very good at teasing you. And I always say teasing you. I don't mean teasing you like he teases Cap or like Cap teases him. No. What I mean is that... Can you stick around for the next segment? Exactly. Trying to stick. He'll, he'll do a tease. The other day, I'm listening to him. I'm a smart speaker. You can do that if you've got Google or you've got Alexa, whatever you do. And I'm getting ready. I, was, I had something I was going to do. So I'm listening to Sylvie. He goes, we come back. We'll be joined by Kyle Long. Could, he, could his return to the Bears help the offensive line? And I got livid. It's like... Come on. He even said on the air with Cap that the last two years he was stealing their money because he mm-hmm. wasn't good. So Kyle Long was on with Waddle and Sylvie on Friday. You, I, well, I watched Kyle Long this morning. He's on, uh, it's called Tops, the other pregame show on, um, on CBS Network. And I was watching it earlier today before I came in. Here's what Kyle Long had to say about if, in fact, he is considering a comeback. The options are out there still. I'm. Um... I'm still relatively young, uh, although I've been bald since 22, and <laughs> I, I look like I'm 50. But don't forget, I'm 31. Uh, and, you know, most guys, when they're done with one team, they move immediately on to another team. I just kind of stepped away, and I, I didn't want to make any decisions until I've taken proper breaths and uh, taken counsel with the with the right folks in my corner. And 
yeah, it's been good to have time away from the game, and I still don't know if I want to go back and play, but I still could. And like you alluded to, I'm I'm up over 300, yeah. I was going to say, Kyle, that the when I heard it, I was a little surprised, not because I, I, I wouldn't think you'd have a desire to play, but the Dan Pompey article that he wrote about all of the injuries that you went through, it sounded like it was almost you had gotten to physically a point of no return. So physically, everything's healed and you feel good right now. Yeah, I feel really good. Um, I do feel good. I, I don't feel as good as I did my rookie year. Um, there's still things that go crack or bump in the night, and I kind of go, oh, <laughs> uh, But other than that, you know, the body feels good. Okay, I'd feel really good if Kyle Long stayed retired. Um, well, yeah. look, and, and uh, you know, he's a great guy. Yeah. I, whatever, if, if someone, if some team wants to take a flyer on him, and those surgeries were, I mean, you just, when he described what he had to have done that one yeah, off season. They were brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Uh, horrific. So, but, I, you know, as much as I said, maybe Jordan Howard could help you out in a run game. I don't know that Kyle Long coming back here is necessary. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but he might find a home somewhere else. Uh, you know, uh, no one's going to give him a lot of money, but he's made a lot of money already. So, right. you know, if, if there, someone wants to take a flyer on it, good luck to him. But. He is young. I mean, you know, maybe he's just bored, and then you know, he knows how to play football, and he wants to get back to it. Oh, kind of like Tony Larusa, who doesn't like sitting upstairs, but would rather be downstairs in the field. Yeah, kind of like that, except for fifty years difference, maybe. <laughs> just about. Yeah. Um, we come back. I promise we'll get to the uh, new punt returner. Also, we come back. We'll hear from our guy Teddy Greenstein. He is from uh, Points Bet Sportsbook now at Hawthorne Racecourse. He's going to take a look at some of the wagering that's going on today as the Bears get ready to tank out in the Saints. We'll hear from him when we come back. You want to jump on in? 312-332-3776 here on ESPN 1000. We're heading to kickoff on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Bears talk continues right after the game. Join us for the Bears postgame show with Jeff Meller and Howard Griffin. And Bears Monday begins at 7 a.m. with a new morning show, Cap and J-Hood. This is ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Don't forget PointsBet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet. Download the PointsBet app. Do it now. And speaking of that, right now it's time to talk to our guy, Teddy Greenstein, out at PointsBet Sportsbook at Hawthorne Racecourse. Teddy, what is everyone betting, and where's the activity on today's game? Guys, what we're seeing is that faith in the Bears is dipping. The line opened this morning on points bet at four. Saints giving four to the Bears, of course, and it is already up to five and a half. As you'd expect, most of the action has come in on the Saints, about 60%. Now, the total opened at 45, and not surprisingly for any of us who have been outside today, it is dropping. It is nasty out. 72% of the money on the under, and that has lowered that total to 41 points. Now, if you're a Moneyline fan, the Bears are at plus 170, and the Saints are at minus 216. But what's pretty cool about points bet is there are 233 different ways to wager on this game. For example, uh, you can bet on the outcome of the first drive. Punt, minus 157. Field goal attempt, plus 340. Touchdown, plus 360 turnover plus 600 will there be overtime get 10 to 1 odds on that if you think the under will fall below 21 and a half you get 25 to 1 odds on that 
And I will finally tell you about one booster that PointsBet is offering. Alvin Kamara, combined rushing and receiving yards. So the total is 150. The over has been boosted from plus 300 to plus 350. So a sweet potential payday there. Well, thanks, Teddy. We will talk to you again next week. Teddy Greenstein from the PointsBet Sportsbook at Hawthorne Racecourse. And, um, Brian, uh, betting, um, you hate to do it if you're a Bears fan, but if you like money in your pocket, Alvin Kamara is a guy that's just been having a tremendous, tremendous season. He seems to have a great year, then have some injuries and nagging things, and then come back and have another one. Um, he missed last season's game with a leg injury, but right now leads uh, the entire NFL in all-purpose yards. Uh, just a really tough guy to slow down. Yeah, no doubt about it, Fred. And, you know, uh, Teddy mentioned the, the line moving um, a point this weekend. It moved, I think, before the Rams game, the early line was, what, two and a half? I think so, North. right. I know it was two so, and two something, yeah. And, and after everyone watched that game Monday night, it went to four, like on Tuesday. So recency bias maybe being what it is, and now we see the Rams struggling uh, big time in Miami. You know, I again, it goes back to Matt Nagy. Can he rally the troops, and, and are they good enough to, to beat a, a four and two Saints team that isn't necessarily i mean they're four and two against as we said earlier some bad teams right but they found a way just like the bears have found a way but um you know this isn't an unbelievably unstoppable uh new orleans offense here no and kamara's great but we we talked about it earlier in the show how much they're missing uh, in wide receivers and their offensive line's a little bit of a mess too so the opportunity should be there for the Bears to to stand up and and do what they've done a lot under Nagy and and right the ship for at least a week here and get you know get the conversation back into a positive direction. It's interesting to me when you look at it and remember the Saints were always a team that would score but they'd give up a lot of points and you look sure. at it they're seventh in the NFL in 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 yards allowed so that they're you know they've improved that defense a lot even though you can still score on them so it's it's kind of interesting um, the the Bears. Uh, we all watched the Bears game on Monday, and uh, it, it used to be Tariq Cohen. And Tariq Cohen was no great punt returner either. There were many times where Tariq Cohen would either run backwards or you know not catch a ball, and it would bounce and bounce and bounce. But not nearly as bad as Ted Ginn Jr. last week. Um, Ginn had balls that bounced and were downed. The Bears started drives at the 1, the 5, the 6 because of down punts. Um, from Hecker for the Rams. So the Bears bring in Dwayne Harris. Now, Dwayne Harris is a nine-year vet. He's returned 180 punts, including one for 99 yards, which means he actually caught it at the one. Um, even I can do that math. Back in uh, 2018, um, his 14.1 yards per return average this year, or that year, back in 2018, as a member of the Raiders, was best in the NFL. So it appears that that's the one thing he can do because otherwise you really haven't heard much from a Dwayne Harris. But it'll be a um, little bit of something. But it's it's got to be a rough day for a punt returner because we've heard about the winds being 25 miles an hour. I know when Tracy Butler joined Carmen and Yurko, I think it was, uh, earlier on Friday, she said it could be as high as 40 miles an hour. And oh, it yeah. could, they could play a big factor in the field goal game. But also trying to feel the punt that's that high up in the air and, and now it's your first game with the Bears on the field. Um, it's going to be really interesting to me how that how this works out today. Well, and it, it goes back to you know let the Bears' actions speak louder than their words because in the immediate aftermath, uh, you know Nagy talked about you just tip your hat to Hecker. Yeah, he just had a great night punting and dropping those within the ten. 
anyone watched the game, just if there was a, a poor decision to be made, Ted made it, right? And and yeah. also people questioned how interested he seemed to be in wanting to get the ball and running with it, right? And, right. and so what do they do? Uh, within 24 hours after Matt said, well, tip your hat to the punter, they go out and they get Ginn's replacement. And I don't think many people were surprised when you saw that who's active today, right? I mean, they're, they're going to make that change right away. Sure. Sure. Yeah, and it doesn't surprise me, and that's fine. I mean, if, if he can help, if he can get them some decent field position, that'd be wonderful to see. And, uh, you know, the Bears, field position's a huge factor, and uh, it is in all football. And if the Bears could get some, it might, might free up some of the things that Nick Foles could do. It's tough to It's tough to play and tough to drop back to pass when you're inside your own five or inside your own six, which the Bears were three times in that contest. 312-332-3776. Another thing that comes up a lot when the Bears play the Saints is that Akeem Hicks was actually a third-round pick from the New Orleans Saints. And um, Hicks talked earlier this week, says it always means a little bit more when they play New Orleans. It's always an important game. I'll tell you the truth there. It's always an important game. But um, I would say this. Uh, there was then since about six or seven weeks ago, I don't know how many weeks ago, actually, I was on Instagram and I saw um, them highlighting Marcus Colston's highlights. And it just brought back so many fond memories of, of my time spent there. And um, it, it, it pulled me away from my usual animosity of that Jersey color. And I started to remember how much, um, you know, just how much the game means to you and, and the fellowship and the bond that you make with players, you know, over the years. And, and, and one of those being a friend that I have there now currently in Cam Jordan, you know, you, you don't lose those type of relationships. And, and overall, they make it a positive experience. Um, do I appreciate how I was, um, you know, cast aside, how I was told that I wasn't good enough to play in this league or I wasn't good enough to play for that team? No, I don't appreciate those things. But, um, you know, you, you never forget, but uh, you can't carry hate in your heart. Uh, you can't carry hate in your heart, and he, he's right about that. But what I'd like to carry in my heart is a game where Akeem Hicks plays and doesn't get a penalty. Yeah, and look, I know everyone's going to – a lot of people have made excuses, oh, that they, you know, that really wasn't an infraction. Right. You know, I think he said later in the week, he's got to be better. Sure. I mean, even though he questions a lot of them, and maybe a lot of them need to be questioned, you just can't put yourself in a position where they're looking for a reason to blow the whistle and drop the flag. No, so. No. Can't do you it. gotta be better than that. And 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 speaking of New Orleans emotions, I I mean I don't hate my heart, but Ryan Pace came from there. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. So the Bears haven't. So the Bears haven't beat the Saints since right? Because if the last time they beat them was what did I say? Twenty eleven. Yeah, they yeah. they've lost five straight. So they have not. They've not won since Ryan Pace got here against the New Orleans Saints. So maybe today would be the first day. Um, uh, Packer fans out there, sorry, Dalvin Cook's oh. healthy. Yeah, three, oh, boy, rushing, three rushing touchdowns oh. and a receiving touchdown as um, the Vikings now have a 28-14 lead. We come yeah. back. We check in with our guy, Jeff Dickerson. He can give us more of the latest on what's going on with the Bears. They get ready for the Saints right here on ESPN 1000. Just two minutes.